Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grace Moments with Pastor Rich. Surprisingly enough, I'm Pastor Rich. It's so good to be with you. And, oh, there's my wife. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for today. And um, we always start off with that Frederick Buechner quote, listen to your life, see it for the fathomless mystery that it is and the boredom and the pain of it, just as much as the excitement and the gladness of it, to touch and taste and smell your way to the holy and hidden part of it, because in the end, all moments are key moments and life itself is grace. Well, I am so glad to be with each and every one of you. Hope that you are doing well today and so grateful for all of your commitment to the kingdom of God and what we do through the church, especially what's happening in the feeding of the 5,000 right now. Um, hundreds and hundreds of families that are being fed. Um, we also have our Take Five for Five initiative. And I've mentioned that to you before about making sure that everybody in the congregation of the thousands of people that call Peachtree home, uh, an opportunity for, for you to reach out. We still need volunteers for people to be able to reach out and to call people. And so if you feel like you have the bandwidth, um, the spiritual gift of actually like dialing numbers on your smartphone and having a conversation doesn't have to be all that complicated. It's just hey, on behalf of the church, are you doing okay? Is there any way that we can pray for you? We still need volunteers. We know that we will not get there without your help. And so Christy's going to put in the chat portion of this um, our email address that you've seen before, feedingthe5000 at peachtreechurch.com. That way you can volunteer. We would love to have your help with that. And uh, we've got all kinds of different ways to interact with this. We want it to be interactive. We want it to be a place where you can ask questions in the Q&A forum there. We'll get to some questions at the end, as well as to make sure you have comments and if you want to engage in the discussion over in the chat. Listen, this, is, um, this has been a really interesting and difficult journey for a lot of people on the road uh, of career and vocation. Uh, last numbers I saw were somewhere in the order of 25 million people in the last six weeks have lost their job. And so all of us are re rethinking and thinking through what it is that we do and how secure it is. And, um, and this is on top of what all the normal discernment that we already do. And so I've decided because I need help with this subject, as well as a lot of other subjects, but I need in particular help with this subject to call in a lifeline. I've called in my wife. This is Kelly Conwisher. She's the smarter, more beautiful part of the Conwisher family. And uh, so Kelly, I'm gonna get a couple of intro questions here for you. And uh, the first question here is, what were your first impressions when you, when you met Richard Conwisher? <laughs> uh, next, pass. <laughs> well, you can go ahead and tell the truth and then I'll correct what you say. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, you know, we met the first moment, the very first moment that I arrived on the campus of Princeton Theological Seminary. Richard bounded up to me and offered to help me unpack my car and to carry my belongings. Um, I, I didn't even have a key to my dorm room yet. So um, a little forward, uh, a lot of energy um, and helpful. How's that? Yes. <laughs> I still remember what you were wearing, babe. You pulled up in that 1991 white Honda Accord. Yes. You were wearing like black Umbro soccer shorts yes. and a UVA t-shirt. You were a vision 
You were a dream and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah so, so that anyhow, that's, that's, that's what it's like at Princeton Seminary. You think you're there <laughs> for the theology and the Greek, but no, you're really there to find a spouse. And uh, so, so what's one quirky thing that your husband does at home that people might not know about? <laughs> he sings in every stairwell. Like at home or anywhere else, but it's the funniest thing because you'll be in the kitchen and all of a sudden you'll know he's coming because there's some random song and there are all kinds of songs. It could be a hymn. It could be an old U2 song. It could be um, country. It, it, it doesn't... Um, uh, it doesn't have a genre uh, limitation, but he, no. if he meets a stairwell, there is a song. For One sure. of my nicknames in college was jukebox because I always had our soundtrack running in my head and that hasn't changed much. And, and, and I think it was your dad one time that pulled you aside that said, does he always sing like that? <laughs> he did. He yeah, well, we were true. That's true. That's, that's what he always does. So, so I'm a pastor. Um, tell people what you do. Oh, I am a life coach and an executive coach, and I help people to navigate their um, lives and career decisions and just how to optimize the enjoyment that you have in your life. So you've done a ton of life plans where you've walked alongside individuals and helped them to design their life. And um, I mean, and you've done that. And oftentimes when you do that with a client or with a person, I mean, that can be like two full days of full attention just on them, depending on, on the client, um, helping them to design their life. What are some things that you've discovered in going through that process with people? Yeah, I think that probably the um, most common aspect of the process is that people start with one big question in their lives and it has to do with one area of their life. So I'm here because my work isn't what I would like it to be or because my family life isn't what I'd like it to be or I'm really tired. I don't have any hobbies and I'm, I, I feel like I should have more enjoyment in my life. So there's always like a presenting question, but what's always surprising to people is to realize that our lives are actually in all of those aspects of our lives are highly integrated. And so you can't really answer a question about your work without really understanding who you are and your story and how your story interacts with your family and with your play life um, and with your spiritual life, that these things are all intertwined and, and incredibly integrated into creating the person that you are and how you experience the world. And so I think that would be the one thing I would say about the process is, is that while we naturally are asking a question in one area, uh, we need help and, and sometimes some more perspective to see how it's all coming together in our lives and, and how all these things are affecting one another. So how's what you do different from like a therapist? Because it sounds like it's related to that, but it's not the same thing. No, and I have a high value for um, individuals who serve in therapy and they help us to uh, name places in which we have uh, wounds or places in which we are um, thinking about questions. And uh, oftentimes we will say to individuals who approach a life planning process, um, actually, we're not the right process for you. A therapist could help you because what we're doing actually in life planning is a little bit more on the uh, proactive look forward side of understanding how the different aspects of our 
ourselves and what are the things that we really want to accomplish working together. Um, so, so sometimes a life plan is what you need. Sometimes therapy is what you need. Um, and in general, life planning won't necessarily help you uh, reconcile uh, wounds or hurts, but they, but life planning could help you avoid them in the future if you get a sense of of really being able to understand your story, interpret it, and then be able to map forward where you're going um, can definitely help you put you on the right path for the future. So I know that one of your passions is helping people to discover their call. And one of the things that you often, you know, talk about is the difference between like a general call of God and a special call of God. So put on your theology hat and tell <laughs> us what's the difference between a general and a special call. Yeah, so a general calling that God has on all of our lives as his beloved children um, is to be in relationship with him. And that can look um, very similar to us, regardless of what age we are, what gender we are, where we live in the world, what time we've lived in history. In other words, all of us as, as followers of Jesus are called to um, really dive into the word and to understand um, God's word and to, and to live in God's word. We are all called to pray and to have that intimate relationship with Jesus. We're all called to worship together. We are worshiping together virtually, but it is still just as effective to come together as God's people, to give him glory and to hear um, and interpret his word. Uh, we are all called to serve. So right now we have the feeding of the five or the 5,000 initiative, whether you're serving by calling people, sign up for that, by the way. Nice um, plug. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Uh, serving people. But anyway, all of us are called to do these things generally. Um, but I think sometimes what we don't necessarily spend as much time diving into is the fact that, that Jesus has also made us incredibly unique with respect to giving you particular talents and abilities and passions that really aren't like your spouse or your kids or your mom or your dad or your friend or, or your coworker. And because of that, there is something that God has put on your life that only you can do. And that when you do it, you experience great joy. And we call this your special calling. And we get it um, out of Ephesians 2.10 when Paul is talking about how God has created you as his poem, um, the Greek word poema, his masterpiece. And it's true. We really believe you are one of a kind. We are all one of a kind. Um, and when we stop trying to be like somebody else who we admire, although we can learn a lot of things from people we admire. Oh, we stop trying to be the person people expect us to be. And we really understand who God's created us to be. Then not only do we experience more peace, but we have a lot more fun. And we live out of that sense of confidence and just really assuredness of who we are. And uh, that's a lot, that's a fun place to be. That is, that is great. And you, you, when you start out your processes of helping people, the first place you typically start is on their journey. Why, why is someone understanding their journey so important? Yeah, so the, um, the journey, your story, we call it, is the way in which you move through the world um, really is important to understand because it is where uh, you, will under, you will understand what you're passionate about based on the experiences that formed you. And also more importantly, uh, where your story intersects with God's story. So, so God is on this great redemption story of his own, right? We talk about it as the restoration of all things at Peachtree. Um, and this is this big story that he's on, the story that's uh, revealed to us in scripture. And our story interacts with that story in really powerful ways. And if we haven't taken the time to really interpret our story, we're to become alive. 
survive? Where did we get hurt? Where did the things that happen, the things that happened to us in our story, how did they form us and shape us? Then we're not really able to fully engage going forward because all of that stuff is there. It's influencing us. But if we haven't named it and interpreted it, it's going to affect us in ways that we might not want it to. So, so we start with really understanding your story, um, being able to revisit it in a way that, that gives us the ability to interpret it so we can learn from it and then articulate it in such a way where we really understand how our story is interacting with God's larger story and the story of God's people that we're engaged with here at Peachtree. So one of the things I often hear you say is that there's no breakthrough without breakdown. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that look at our process and go, I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. It takes a while. Um, and I'm going to have to visit things that were hard or painful. And we, I will admit to all those things being true from the perspective of uh, there really isn't a way to get to that really breakthrough understanding of who we are and what our calling is without doing some hard digging. Like there's just work involved, friends. But the work is good work. And it is at that point of breakdown when, when, when the things, the lies the devil has told us, the things that we have believed that, that aren't true, when we finally shed those things and we are able to really give them up to Jesus and allow him to redeem them, we do get a breakthrough that allows us to move forward in a new space. So um, I admit it is some work, it's some digging, uh, but I have, I will say it's worth it, that the, yeah. that the breakthrough is worth it. So you talk about how self-awareness is so critical that each one of us is, is a unique masterpiece and so there's a whole, there's all kinds of different tools, assessments, things that are out there that help you to kind of figure out who you are, to understand your wiring, that kind of thing. So give us some of your favorites, favorite tools for people figuring out who they're, who God's made them to be. Yeah, so we use three that we really like at the Unique Process, and but you can use any of them that are out there. Um, we use Insights Discovery, which is one that I personally have used for a really long time, and I love it. If if you're anywhere around the Peachtree staff, uh, when they talk about their colors, this is what we're talking about. Uh, do you lead with red? Do you lead with yellow? Um, and it just has to do with the way that we use energy. Um, the way that we like to communicate and the way we process information and just understanding that that there are really different ways that we do that can help us to connect with people and appreciate people uh, really well that it's not personal it's just different way of moving through the world. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also really um, have a ton of respect for the Clifton Strengths uh, formerly known as Strengths Finder. Um, Elizabeth Payne, an elder in our church, is a, is a master user of that. And she's incredible at helping you understand how God's really given us a few things that we are really naturally um, talented for. We have natural abilities to do. And that when we hone those, we really kind of have superpowers. And so focusing on what those are um, is really helpful. And then we do use a spiritual gifting assessment um, developed by Alan Hirsch and, and the folks over at 5Q called APES, which talks about the five things that Paul reveals in Ephesians chapter four, which are the evidence of, of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of Jesus to the church. Um, and it's a helpful inventory when thinking about those things. But, but what's really special is, I think if you just take one assessment and you just leave it at that, you can kind of feel boxed in. Like I love Enneagram, it's super fun. My kids love Enneagram, but you just become a number after a while. If you don't take time to really interpret it, or you can with insights just become a color. 
But if you can think about the way these things come together, somewhere right in the middle of all that is an anointing that is so unique to you. And if you can really understand where that anointing is, then um, it's a super fun place to live out of because there's nothing like it. So what are your top five superpowers, your top five strengths? <laughs> so I have a number one activator, which means that I um, naturally keep things moving and, and I like to get things going. Um, my second is achiever, uh, which means every day starts at zero and you can, uh, and I like to get things done. Um, but so those two being topped together are pretty exhausting. I wear most people out, including my husband. <laughs> oh, but it is the way that God made me. Um, I also have in my top five a learner. Just to be clear, today's Grace Moments is sponsored by Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Some of you ask when I have my thermos what I'm drinking. It is after five, but no, this is sparkling water, people. Stay thirsty. Yeah. Uh, we love sparkling water at our house. That'd be another quirky thing about the commissures. We we drink a lot of sparkling water. Um, anyway, so I have a learner strategic um, and responsibility as well in my, in my strengths. So there you go. That's great. One of the fun things about you and me is that we share three of our top five yes. are the same, which um, they say it's statistically very rare because there's 36 of those strength fighters, if I remember correctly. And that's just... Yeah, that's, we, we run into each other a lot in that yeah. real estate. Hey, so, um, so what's it like, like, so you walk through a process, somebody helps to name their identity in Christ, their distinctiveness in Christ, and they're able to name it. What that, what's that moment like? Oh, it's super fun. Um, usually we do it first in a two word exercise. You might've heard some of us talk about our two words where, where we kind of talk about what is the call that God has on our life? What's the string that runs through everything, no matter where you are, your family, your work, your play life, whatever, how can you name what's really at the center of what you're called to do? And it gives you remember calling and job are two different things, right? Like your work is just the vehicle in which that you live out your calling, but your calling, that God's calling on your life is more than your work. And so we, we try to get to name, what is that thing that underlines everything that we do? And um, we mine it out from our story, from our abilities, from the places we come alive. And uh, for me, my two words or the way that I like to name it is, is empowering momentum. And when people finally land it and they get it, I mean, it just, it feels so validating. It's like, yes, that is so me. And it helps me understand everything I'm experiencing. Yeah. All right. Is it possible for you to turn the web camera to see the wall that's right next to you in our yeah, office? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You'll have to tell me because I can't see anymore, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Empowering momentum. That's Kelly in a nutshell right there. Two words. words. Boom. And it's Richards. And there's mine. Revealing delight. Revealing delight. The way I like to distinguish between these two is that without Kelly, I wouldn't get anything done. And without me, Kelly wouldn't have any fun. So <laughs> that's how we compliment one another. Yeah. Um, well, tell people the from your story where you started naming your two words. This is a great story. The magic shop, your first job. Oh, yeah. So my first job was in a magic store. And um, I discovered early on that what I loved was not so much the sleight of hand, which is a very important pastoral skill, misdirection, that kind of thing. But what I loved really was the reveal, that there comes a moment in a magic trick where you reveal something that someone hasn't seen before. And so I love doing that. Hey, just a couple more questions before okay. I want to turn things over to some of the questions. And you guys... Um, 
you guys should uh, make sure you're turning in your questions here, the Q&A form, so we can get some questions for Kelly, for me, whatever's on your heart and mind. Um, one of the things, one of the things you talk about is replenishment a lot. Uh, what, what role, I mean, it can, life planning can feel all about work, but it's not all about work. Uh, mm -hmm. So why is replenishment so important and how do we do it well? Yeah, I think that in our um, society today, at least the way I have um, understood the American way of life is you work, 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 work until you earn the chance to rest. So I don't know if like you, when I was a kid, you know, it was like, you have to do your chores. And if you do your chores, you get to go play. And then that became, if you do your homework, then you can go out with your friends. And then that became, if you do your work, then you're allowed to rest or go to play. So we, we associate this need to like work, 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 and then fall down um, and rest and then get back to it. Whereas the way God designed us, which we um, start visiting in Genesis chapter one, right from creation is actually God starts the day with rest. And in the Jewish tradition, the, the day begins in the evening and you start with rest and then you work from your rest. And so we want to like lean back into the way that God has designed us, which is to rest well and then to be able to work and be productive out of our rest. And it is countercultural. Um, so we are naming that and claiming that as disciples of Jesus. And we also know that if we don't um, plan it, like we don't like put that stake in the ground, it probably won't happen. We also talk about ways in which resting is really different for different people. One of the funniest things that always comes up at, at Unique is how some people will claim exercise, like going to the gym, going for a walk, going for a run or whatever for them is rest. And the other half of the table or the group of people laugh and they go, oh my gosh, that is total work for me. <laughs> I don't even like to go for a run. And we just want to name that. Like for some people that's rest, for some people that's work. So um, what we try to do is to be honest about that and to make sure we have our, our rest or replenishment rhythms. What are the things we like to do that, that give us energy in life, whether that's play or exercise or, or genuine sleep. Um, actually one uh, part of our process is to name a 90 day goal. And uh, one of the individuals I led through a life plan, her first 90 day goal was to sleep. Mm. She had not given her per herself permission to sleep for lots of different reasons. Um, and we just said, that's what you need the most. And so not to say that all rest is sleep, it could be activities, fun, hobbies, and play, but um, replenishment is how God has created us to work out of our rest. And so we, we name that in all aspects of our planning. Sounds like that would be really important in a theology of grace, that it's not like you're earning, you know, your salvation. It's that it's a gift first. And that's true. Like if, you know, the whole point of this podcast and grace moments is, is that everything comes from grace and starts from grace. And so if, if all of life is a gift and grace, it starts from that replenishment, not you've earned it. Therefore, now you can, now you can do it. No, Absolutely. And modern psychology has come up with so much research to back up this biblical truth, right? So they have shown how much more productive you are, how much more creative you are, how much happier you are when you are able to rest well. And so we have modern science now with lots of brand new research validating this true biblical um, truth on the way that God has created us. Yeah. So is this the right time for me to ask you if I can go play golf on Friday morning then? <laughs> 
Absolutely. I was waiting. I was going to spring that on you right here in front of like, you know, 500 of your closest friends to, to no, I'm just teasing. Hey, um, uh, I want to take some questions from other people who have submitted some questions. The first one is, Kelly, does your superpowers work on the dog? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I wish they did. Um, although I will say this about rest, uh, he was really misbehaving a ton after this uh, shelter in place started, like kind of out of nowhere, he started misbehaving. And I asked our- Is this uh, the dog you're talking about? I'm talking about the dog. The dog, <laughs> the dog, and we asked our uh, dog trainer, "What's go like? Why have we regressed? What's happening?" And he's like, "Well, is he getting his regular um, naps in his crate?" And we're like, "No, we're all home now. He doesn't have to be in his crate." And he just looked at me like, "Well, what did you expect? He's a toddler. Like, you can't. He's, he needs naps. He needs to rest." And sure enough, we went back to a schedule. We went back to a regular rest. And he was a brand new puppy. Like he was a great puppy again. So I guess maybe my tricks do work on the puppy. <laughs> I, I believe that they do. Um, <laughs> totally believe that. Hey, you got a question here. This is kind of another fun one. How, Kelly, how has your life changed since your husband became a televangelist? Oh my gosh, I have a whole um, subscription on Amazon to Aquanet. Yep, comes by the box every other week. So I can just like pump it up, right? Woo! Big um, beer. I'm from Texas, baby. Sure, let's do time. it. Some mascara. No, hey. I mean... Grace moments, people, like, I don't think you noticed, but my hair is a little shorter, had a secret illegal haircut this week, just couldn't stand it anymore. And so- With, I think with it, social distancing. With social distancing. They were very long scissors. <laughs> scissors that could cut my hair. It's not a very precise haircut, but it's what we could um, do. Um, uh, so somebody's got an anonymous question here. What is the deal with name meanings in the unique process? Yeah, this is always a really fun one. So today in American culture, we tend to think about naming our children based on things that are fun or we like the way the name sounds. But if you look back at the Bible, names always were um, connected to something really powerful. Um, names were like when we first learned Hebrew, the first thing you learn is every name has meaning yeah. and every name has power um, based on that meaning. Um, and so we kind of tapped back into that. And, and in cultures all over the world, that's still true. Names are tied to um, meaning. And so what we try to do is we, we encourage everybody to look up what their name means um, yeah. and to really think about what does your name. Um, now, we don't try to pretend in any way this is some sort of weird, weird kind of new agey thing. Um, but rather, we're just looking for clues on, into ways in which your name describes the way that God has has knitted you together and the ways that you can describe your name in the world. So um, I'm, in fact, I'll, I'll tell a piece, we were doing a event at Peachtree and we were helping a, a member understand their values. And as this person was describing what they kind of hold dear, um, I said, do you have a hallelujah value? And uh, because she loved to celebrate people like that was her thing like even if they didn't really care she was like i will show i will throw them the party like i want to celebrate them and i was like do you have a hallelujah value she goes yes yes that's it and then someone else pointed out well you know what your name means your name means to sing hmm. and 
and, and then when we connected those dots, it was super powerful. Like it was super fun to and just to celebrate that, that her name means to sing and she values creating hallelujahs in people's lives. It was fun. Cool. That's great when those, those, those light bulbs go off. Go so there's a great question here. Um, uh, Debbie Phillips is asking, what advice would you give college seniors about pursuing jobs in the world that is on pause? Yeah, that's a really hard one. Um, and I don't have any easy or quick answers. Um, we are doing um, a bunch of unique students, uh, which is kind of an introduction to life design, in which what we try to help students understand is um, a couple of things. First of all, one is who you are in Christ and the fact that you can move in a direction, even if you can't necessarily hit the target right now. So things are in the wind in many different ways but if at least you know which direction you want to go you can start guiding your life in that direction in a way that will be more fruitful in the long haul um the second thing that we try to help students remember is so having a job might not necessarily be the end goal right we want to talk about living fully into your vocation and, and, and really experiencing a lot of life and energy out of what you do. But that takes time. Sometimes the most admirable thing we can do is just get a job, pay the bills and get some experience. And while that might not have been what we hoped for, um, and we wanted a great internship or that great career building job right out of the gate, um, don't underestimate the value of what you can learn where you land yeah. And, yeah. and allow it to um, inform give you a great um, information about which direction you want to pursue. So direction and, and, and just seizing opportunities where you can right now. So we're almost out of time here. So what I want to do is tell us how, like if people want to find out more about the ministry of unique at Peachtree, how do they find out more information about that? How, if someone has a question for you that they didn't get to ask here and they want to send an email or reach out to you, how, how can somebody follow you, reach out to you? Tell us, tell us some next steps. Yeah, so we're really proud at Peachtree. We have seven people who have volunteered to go through training to be unique coaches. And so they have worked really hard to um, master our toolbox, which is just essentially ways in which to help you answer the big questions in your life and your story. And so if you are interested in, in participating and or just meeting with one of our coaches, um, there's two people to, that you can reach out to. Um, so Pastor Chuck would be the first one to reach out to on our staff. And then um, our uh, elder Elizabeth Payne um, is also leading this ministry. Um, so Chuck and Elizabeth together, um, and you can get to them from the website um, or directly. And then for me, um, you can find me over at lifeunique.com and my email is simply kelly at lifeunique.com. That's great. Well, or married to you. Or <laughs> That's the other way to find me. You can, you can. <laughs> Find yeah. her at the same place where I am all, all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's somebody in the chat here, uh, peachtreeunique.com all, all together also gets you to the website for, for Peachtree Unique. Uh, so Elizabeth Payne is, is uh, helping us to, to point that in the right direction. Yeah. Thanks, Elizabeth. I would also say um, Peachtree Church has done an amazing thing of giving everyone access to Right Now Media. And I know that at times that can feel awesome and at times that can feel overwhelming because there's so much in there. Um, our six session like introduction to unique and to life design is on right now media and it's completely free to you um, as a member of Peachtree Church. 
just go on Right Now Media. You can search for my name or you can search for Unique. Um, it's six sessions. Everything you need is right there in, in Right Now Media and you can get going. And this, this would be great for families who have college students in your house right now. You could do these exercises together. It will generate beautiful conversation about identity and direction um, for, for college students. Highly recommend that. Yeah, it, you, know, you should watch that while you eat dinner together, families. You should not be watching the Tiger King. You should be watching a way. Would you say a prayer for us, for the church, for um, everybody before we uh, sign off today? Will you do that? I would. I would love to pray for everybody. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to come together as your people and to live out the call that you've placed on Peace Tree Church. Um, which is to join you daily in the restoration of all things. Thank you for the ways in which you call us together to be your disciples as a people, but also for the ways in which you call us to be your disciples as individuals, for the, for the poem that we are, for the masterpiece we are in your eyes, Lord. Uh, give us eyes to see and hearts to pursue the things that you are giving us opportunities to do for you and for your kingdom. And may all this be for your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. I'll see you in like two minutes. I would take you out to dinner, but we don't do those kinds of things yet. So, yeah, and we're getting a lot of questions about accessing these resources from Unique and Leda. So that will all be sent out to you from from the church. I'm being told. So, catch you there. Blessings. Good to see you guys. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>